Hey, welcome everybody to our end of year wrap up episode of Cloud and Clear. We're doing a very special format today. I got not one guest, not two guests, not three guests, but four members of the executive management team. Welcome everybody. Howdy. Hey, hey. How's it going? Happy hey, guess, holidays. Guess who's missing? Joe Costco, Patrick oh. Monahan, oh. Bill Popak. You know why? Because they're closing business. It's so cool to have all of you on at the same time. It's such a challenging and interesting, exciting year. Uh, but before we do that, let's go. Let's go round about. Let's connect the faces to the names for for everyone uh, in our audience to put it all together. Please introduce yourselves. Go ahead, Miles. I'm Miles Ward. I'm Chief Technical Officer, or as my friends like to say, Chief Tuba Officer here at SADA. Uh, I'm responsible for making sure that we have an exemplary technical and customer experience uh, for all of our users. I I, uh, I am really, really geeked about this show because each of the members of our leadership team are building such incredible practices. Uh, I'm just really happy to participate. I'm Orkita Shahidi. I'm the VP of People Operations here at SADA System. People, the most important part of SADA. I'm very excited to be as part of that, in charge of that. And again, it it, it makes me so happy uh, to be working at a, at a company like this with such great people. So thank you. Hi, everybody. Dana Berg. I'm our chief operating officer. I'm the cool one of the group. Miles is the nerd of, of the group, <laughs> chief nerd officer. Um, uh, I'm not the coolest. Uh, Dana was the job I, uh, in college, yeah. so that's pretty accurate. Uh, I wish I, I, I wish I wish I still looked that way, but no. Um, but uh, at SADA, I have three obsessions largely, and that is to ensure we have the most incredible pre-sales engineering organization on the planet. Uh, number two, professional services, uh, unmatched by anybody in our ecosystem. And three, uh, ensuring that we are providing exceptional customer love and attention uh, to ensure uh, their happiness. So those are my three obsessions here at SADA. I guess that leaves me. Hi, everyone. Noreen Galstian. I'm CMO at SADA, and I'm uh, responsible for the brand right here. Sought a new brand. Um, so super excited to uh, lead our brand initiatives across the board at every touch point um, from, from our people to our partners, to our customers and to the entire ecosystem, um, overseeing all aspects of our communications, events and PR uh, along with demand generation, which is very important for marketing. Um, so I'm super excited to be on this podcast with people I admire and respect and uh, been at SADA for eight years and it's never been boring. <laughs> <laughs> boring? We are not. No, we are not. Noreen, Noreen, let's be clear. You're, you're the one that makes this all look very, very good every single day. Well, you guys make my job easy, so that helps. <laughs> Thank we you. Have a love. We have this love on this group. This is, you know, we spent a lot of time together and now more than ever and, uh, I love it. I love the love. Um, but let's talk about this year. You guys can thank me for recruiting all of them. So, yeah, you're welcome. Yes. We would not be here without Arkita. I hand-selected Miles. And, our, and, 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 and Dana was uh, very hard to get also. But I'll take some credit, okay? <laughs> like, I think... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Boss, you were ahead before you started. Maybe next time. Just yeah, I was gonna say. It's like I hand selected him. I, I don't the know. The other about thirty people this year, though, Orkita. I mean, that's that's been remarkable. Let's talk about that because it's been the most challenging, unexpected, literally the definition of a black swan event. It was this global pandemic? We went into it not knowing what to expect. None of us thought it was going to be this bad or this impactful as far as a human you know, health crisis and a global uh, crisis of, of, of economic uncertainty. Uh, in that environment, with no playbook, we've done remarkably well. And we talk about how fortunate we are, right, that we have been in a position to help our customers, our people, each other, and so on. Uh, but that whole thing started with a huge shift 
in March, Orkita, and that was really your group uh, being our quarterback, our flight, you know, air traffic controller, all of those things. So can you talk about those first few weeks? What was that like? Sure. It was definitely us quarterbacking it. However, it was all of SADA, its core values and its culture that made us flourish and do well in a, in a situation like this. But, you know, it was when we first came across this, it was the unknown, fully remote. We had to act quickly. So, you know, we have these core values in be one step ahead and be change agents. And you would not believe that's exactly what we were. We were quick to do everything. We decided on one day, everybody went remote. Again, of course, my team assisted with and quarterbacked this, but it was everybody else too. Like people were quick to adopt the way we wanted to do things. They acted quickly. And again, it was like, we got it done. We, we're adaptive people. We're just like, okay, this is how you have to do it. Let's just do it. Nobody asked questions. Everybody, just, again, it just makes me so proud to have a culture and values that we can truly live. That means we've hired the right folks and we're in the right group of folks to make things like this happen. Again, there's lots of things like mental health things, you know, the unknown, but our folks are doing great. And, you know, I, we definitely proved that we can do this and, and, and be successful through it. The biggest test of culture happens in a crisis because all of your strengths and weaknesses get accentuated and exposed and brought to the surface. You can't really hide from what you truly are as a leader, as an organization. I was super proud of uh, those first few weeks and I'm super, I'm still proud to this day. I just let the, I just read the pulse survey results uh, the initial results today. And I'm like, look, I mean, just look at the general feeling and NPS and the commentary of just how supportive people feel months and months into this, you know, still in a realm of uncertainty. Yes, there's a there's a vaccine out now and all of that, which is great, but nobody really knows what the future looks like. And to be able to operate with a great degree of uncertainty at the at the level is, is, uh, is, uh, is, is, is very hard. Um, I think that even brought us closer together. I, I think that sure. through this whole situation, we became closer. We were trendsetters. Everything I read online now, we're like, oh, we did that already. Did I write that article? But again, all the employee feedback, and I don't want to take credit for it myself. It's all the other folks that were like, we should try this. We should do this. So it's a collaboration at SADA. And that's what made it you know, so important. So Dana, you you run the biggest number of people in your teams in aggregate, right? So as far as our 330 folks uh, of all the team here downstream, you you run the biggest group. So you really had the biggest challenge from that standpoint of getting the right leadership structure in place, the right activation in place uh, to pivot to an all remote delivery model. We were actually accustomed to doing delivery on site with customers as well, not only pre-sales, but also delivery. So, but you also had to create a sense of um, calm in your in your uh, in your org in your sub organizations to not only deal with the, with the crisis but show up for our customers in a superhuman way. How did you manage that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know, I think the as I reflect back on the year, and keep in mind, right, guys, getting adapted to the new way of working while also hiring more people than we've ever hired in a 12 month period was also a very interesting challenge to undertake while we were going through all of these personal changes in our life and, and with work. Uh, I, I'll say this, you know, the strategy hasn't really ever changed with respect to our people and our managers and our hiring. And we always use the term empathy, 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 empathy as the need and the most valuable attribute for us to be able to connect as human beings, uh, both inside the company, as well as more importantly, sometimes with our customers. So what was interesting, we've been talking about that for years. Um, it's interesting how a crisis like we've gone through forces all of us to think in terms of empathetic terms and to have conversations with our people and our customers and get to know them in, in a new way. I, I, 
I have pets running around in the background sometimes. I see, uh, I see uh, babies being held on, on calls. Um, we, we actually, throughout this crazy time across all of our people, have actually seen a human side of, uh, of, of each other that we have never seen before. And it's not just within the four walls of SADA. We actually see this with our customers and we see this within Google. And so I guess to answer your question, I hate to admit it, but there have been things that we've gone through during this year that have actually accelerated our ability to appreciate the empathetic role that we need to play within SOT. And we've gotten stronger, we've gotten closer, we know a lot more about each other. And I think that connection and that bond has served us really, really well throughout the year. And what I hope is this, is as the vaccines come out and as we go back into the office and we go back to normal ways of working, that the things that were actually very good about this pandemic actually persist, persist well beyond. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. We know that certain things have changed forever. We know that consumer behavior has changed forever. The way that work is conducted has changed forever. These habits and traits and things we've now grown accustomed to won't go all the way back to uh, how things were. So there'll be a new normal defined. It won't look anything like pre-March 2020. And we, we just know that. And, and I think that's a great segue into um, what really has, has uh, been experienced in our business, right? So we have an 11x increase in our GCP demand in, in bookings and, and, and even a greater increase in our professional services. After, after the scare of end of Q1, we just had a, a very surprising Q2, Q3. Miles, this was first your first full year at SADA. This was our first full year being all Google Cloud. Some of these things we're talking about have, have caused a significant increase in demand for digital transformation and the work that we do uh, and, and, and then the overall increase in, in all of you know, public cloud, but really Google Cloud specifically in our world. I try to explain this to people over and over again in our podcasts when I'm hosting. What's your take? Why is there now more demand than ever for for this kind of uh, work? Sure. I I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take exception at your setup, which is that this was unexpected. I completely expected it. Um, I, I absolutely knew that we were going to have a thermonuclear 2020. And I just didn't realize that we would have to do that while keeping our Dell's doors welded shut and, and uh, you know, washing our hands 14 times a day. So uh, I'm excited that we were able to deliver despite uh, totally incredible context. And, and I think it surprised our customers the degree to which even their own teams were able to adapt and, and figure out how to work together in this way. I think, you know, everybody that's got a good gig in this environment is pretty stoked about that gig. And so is working double time to make sure that everybody sees the value they generate. And we want to back our customers up in that exercise, right? And there's no easier way to prove value, to show utility than creating new things and building new responses and being super, super dynamic to the challenges that are present, right? A bunch of our customers moving from live delivery to curbside delivery to remote delivery, a lot of our customers trying to deal with radically new supply chains and logistics, working out the data coordination for that. We have a lot of customers that are dealing with a whole new set of traffic in their web applications and loads. Like that, that kind of shift creates challenges, which are opportunities, right? They get to work really hard uh, to, to overcome those. And the businesses that are successful see rocket ship-like growth as a result. That's what we've seen from customers, big and small, that are able to capitalize on the opportunity as opposed to get squished by the challenge. And when we've worked together um, with, with those businesses, what I hear back invariably is that um, maybe the pieces of their company that felt unchangeable, static, like the sacred cows that would never get messed with, the things that were off limits because that one actually works. If they don't, if all of a sudden they don't work, like ugh, everything's up for grabs. We all got to figure out how we're going to handle this thing. And so some of the log jams, some of the ice flows have broken up and now maybe there's a little more room for movement. The, the other piece is that because 
so much of the the successful executions are digital. I I, I wrote in the post that um, you know there's exactly kind of two kinds of companies: the ones that are interacting with their customers digitally, and the ones that are trying to figure out how to do that. Um, that that divide uh, is one where being able to collaborate remotely, being able to work together on web platforms, being able to build applications and interfaces, and all of those become very, very top of mind initiatives. So across G Suite and Search and Chrome and Maps, all of those building blocks become just really essential tools for solving the problem of the day. And, and in addition to that, there's you know, kind of in parallel, GCP and Google Cloud writ large has grown up a lot. Like it, it is capable of a whole bunch of new stuff that it really wasn't ready for even a year ago. So there's there's a little bit of a perfect storm where the perfect crisis arrives and the perfect platform for addressing that crisis is ready at hand. Yeah, a lot of things uh, sort of hit this year timing wise. And, and, and one of those things actually was also our 20 year anniversary uh, Noreen, which was, you know, any other year, you'd be very happy to be planning an all out bash with Orkita with, you know, hundreds of people in Vegas or something. Uh, this year was not only not the right, you know, uh, environment safety wise, but also kind of mood wise, right. To do that. So we took a very different stance and approach and it happened to be the year we're also rebranding. So what did the 20 year anniversary messaging and our rebrand, how does it correlate with where SADA is uh, overall as a company? And also, how did it play a special role in the midst of this crisis, you think? Well, 20, you know, 20 years is a pivotal year. And you're absolutely right. We certainly would have had a big blast uh, in, you know, uh, probably a few blasts around the country, actually. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, kind of having that milestone um, be this specific year and the year that we were also anticipating doing and completing our rebrand um, really brought together, I think, a lot of components, right? Our culture, you know, how we go to market, our uh, engineering capabilities, right? Our technical expertise, um, and it all just kind of came together in this pandemic year that we hadn't anticipated, but it brought to the forefront of, yeah, this is who Sade is, right? Like we really showed our true colors uh, of, you know, being dynamic and being nonstop and being bold, right? Being bold in our mood um, and how we approach uh, you know, our customers being bold in how we approach our partners and the entire ecosystem. And, you know, even in a pandemic, there's a fearlessness that I think culturally we have um, and really the ability to come together and be of service, right? Taking that notion of serve and not selling, right? Not having the sales be the driving force, but rather the service be the driving and the core of our culture and the foundation that, that you know, the Sefoyam family built when they started the company, right? And so we always come back to that foundation and, you know, make sure that every touch point in every department, you know, has that belief and has that core values, as Orkita said, be the forefront and of every communication that we do. And it's no different for the marketing side of things, right? Every communication piece that we put out has to bring value to our customers and it has to speak to our capabilities and the services that we provide. And the rebrand kind of wrapped all that into, you know, a, a, a big, beautiful box, you know, uh, that we were able to uh, launch in this year and have it be fully accepted and, and have that excitement come through even in a virtual setting when we rolled out to our internal employees, when we rolled out to our partners, you know, to Google. And then when we made our public announcements around, it was just such a warm welcome of like, yes, this is who Sade is. And this is exactly yeah. how we imagine you all to come to life in the different, you know, level of sophistication and expertise that we brought to that forefront. So I, I could not be more proud of actually what we've accomplished this year, just as a team. And, and you know, I'm super proud of obviously 
how our, our teams came together for, for this rebrand to, to launch and to activate it. Um, it's certainly the start, right? We're not stopping here. We're going to move forward in, in 2021 and of how we go to market with that. But I think when, when serving is at the core of everything that you do and every single person in your company believes in that, that speaks volumes um, to who we are. Yeah, and I think it's it was very difficult to do and is is going to continue play to play a pivotal role in how we show up. It's difficult for many reasons. One is we've never done it. 20-year-old logo you're messing with and brand position. Two is like, how do you bring to the surface the, the words that describe the feeling of what it is to work at SADA, to work with SADA, and then turn that into a visual identity? All, that journey was very intense, very time-consuming, but we did it in an inclusive way of many of our stakeholders above and beyond the executive team, actually, many people. That, that's really important. Yeah, it wasn't done in a bubble, right? Uh, we took our employees on that journey with us, with focus groups, and and really activated with them first. Uh, we took our partners along with us. You know, we interviewed several of our partners uh, and also our customers. What what do they perceive SADA to be, uh, and how do they envision us right to come to life for them? And I think all of that you know, suddenly aligned when we saw all the results come together. And it was just like, oh, wow, like it, that realization of we're doing something right. Something is resonating really, really well. And, you know, that's not just one group or one department, right? It's really the entire company being aligned in, in all of those efforts. Absolutely. Absolutely. Look, a part of our brand you know, and you know, this is as a CEO, Miles um, has his three things, as CTO, Dana has his three things, I have my three things. My three things start with the people experience. And that people experience part is the first interface someone truly has that create a perception of your brand aside from what they've read somewhere or seen somewhere, right? That first interview, that first recruitment call. Um, so Orkita, you and your group, I mean, you had to interview hundreds of folks. Uh, it was a start and a stop and a start, you know, but net net. I mean, we grew our headcount over 60 percent this year. And had to do all the onboarding, enablement, cultural indoctrination, um, all without people ever going to a SADA office or spending face to face time with their teams or their leaders. And look, I still sign every offer letter that goes out. I still meet every employee on their first week twice, usually, um, and keep in touch throughout. So I'm very close to the process, but I also read all the qualitative and quantitative uh, feedback that comes back. It is so consistently uh, positive and consistent. It's actually quite remarkable how many people take the time to talk about that process being uniquely well executed as SADA versus anywhere they've ever worked before. So how do you do it? And by the way, I also hear from people that don't get the job. They write about what a great experience. I hope to be able to work here one day. So how do you do that? That's so important to me. Um. So we provide, I tell everybody that comes on before, um, during their tenure at SADA, even after they move on, that we like to provide concierge service. It comes from the heart. Um, we want you to be here. We know that people have choices and they've selected to be here at SADA. So we want to make sure that they have the kind of experience that, you know, that they heard about, they read about. Um, and so but the, the important part is, yes, onboarding recruitment is obviously extremely important. You know, our folks are, are trained. They care. They want these folks to be here um, during their tenure. We want them to have a great onboarding experience because it's a it's your first impression of SADA. Right. And typically in your first 90 days, that's when you decide something is right for you or not. And the other part of this is that it's all the hiring managers working along with people operations to create these documents, create these processes in order for these people to be successful. We all have the same um, objective here. Um, and so it makes it easy to work towards those goals. 
again, we're trying to improve all the time and we're a culture of feedback. So every time somebody comes in, how was your experience? How could we improve it? It's, it's like that about everything. And therefore we've just gotten really good at it. You know, 20 years, right? We've perfected it. And again, it's just the start. We're just going to get better and better with time. I'd like all of you to chime in on, on this next one because it's just so fundamentally important to SADA's continued success is, you know, we know that most organizations, when all everything else is going great, uh, the biggest weakness, the Achilles heel, so to speak, is the middle. Is, is the people that report to you and the people that report to them. Middle management, that layer of leadership, directors, senior directors, et cetera, right? Um, what have you done this year, maybe uniquely this year, but in general, to ensure that the middle at SADA is not only stronger than it ever has been, but has the um, environment in which to flourish in the years to come? Yeah, um, I'll speak to a couple things. Um, there has been a lot of hiring in that group and a lot of promotions into those roles this year. Uh, and, and, I, and I'm actually really excited about the fact that there's been a lot of promotions into the, the roles that you're describing, which yeah. is, Internal I think, a test. Right? Yeah, as, as a testament to the ability for, for, for each individual to kind of take on new challenges and do different things. Um, I think there's two things that come to mind. A, um, every one of our managers and anyone that's in any type of leadership or mentorship role, first and foremost, uh, has the capabilities and the skills uh, to, or has proven that they can do the work that the people that they're leading are actually doing right now. Okay. So uh, it's important for us trying to certainly on the engineering side lead with a degree of credibility in everything that we do and credibility as a manager is also that you have a very deep level of understanding of everything that we're asking every one of our consultants to do for our customers and our middle managers have that um i'll say the second thing too that's the that's the skill set that's the that's the 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 knowledge of the craft, but I was actually uh, yesterday looking at all of us on stage last year at Universal Studios back when we could do all hands on stage. And and I remember I was looking at some of the goals because we're in the process of planning some of our goals for next year. And I was trying to look and see, okay, what, what, what did we tell everybody we were gonna do? And I looked at through those goals and you know what they were all about? It wasn't about uh, we're going to hit X million dollars in revenue. We're going to hit X percent in GP. We're going to drive down this to the bottom line. It was all of the things that we talked about. And this was pre-COVID. It was about the soft skills, the, the, the ability for teamwork, working across de departments and functions. And of the 12 goals that we had, I think 10 out of the 12 were the soft skills. And we, we harped on that and harped on that. And gosh, uh, can you imagine like how much we've had to lean on those skills in the last, yeah. you know, 10 months? More than, more than we thought um, we need to. And yeah, and I, and I think that the if we're just talking, I think everybody at SADA has this, but if we're just talking about those that are in management positions, I think it's that perfect combination of their, their skill set and their craft knowledge combined with their EQ and, 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 and putting everybody first as humans before colleagues uh, and, and, and understanding that. And I think that's been something that I've been just so proud of everybody that, that certainly is on my team. For me, and at least as far as my role was here, was around training and development. So introducing um, coaching uh, platforms like the Torch. Um, and, you know, diversity at SADA is an advantage. Uh, it puts us, you know, and so we're using groups like the Medici group, or the Medici, I should say, a group to kind of help that along. Again, that's those are the types of things we're trying to do to our middle management, and so to hope in the hopes that they'll flourish and get better. And again, train the next managers in the next levels. First off, I did some referrals, so some of this is about dragging in some great folks that I know middle manage well 
Uh, you mean some referrals? <laughs> but just just, just some, just no, a couple, no, a couple more. Anyway, yeah, or, uh, yeah and uh, so those folks came in, and uh, you know, and, and I think several of them have done exemplary work. I, I, you know, I owe a huge thank you to the crazy people who thought it was a good idea to listen to Miles and come work someplace, right? Like. They already knew I was nuts. I don't, I don't know how the rest of you guys closed them. Like, bravo on, on making that work. Uh, but several of them have, I think, done a great job, um, you know, embodying the SADA spirit, even as new folks and and really working hard to take care of our employees and uh, back them up and, uh, you know, represent their needs and, and advocate on their behalf. And and that's that I think is, is just a, a critical part of, of helping those folks that sit in the middle who have, I think absolutely the hardest job, do a really great job at it. Um, another thing we did is um, uh, we built this program called SADA U where we're bringing in really, really junior folks and upskilling them and showing them that they can do new stuff and getting them to pass their certifications and doing demonstrations in front of others and doing a bunch of this stretch work. There, There's certainly a goal to that for those folks that are going through the class. I'm super excited about their direct contribution to the business. Uh, I'm also geeked about our ability to use the curriculum and that practice with our customers. They're all asking, hey, I want to know how to learn this stuff faster too. But there's this kind of meta point that all of us can develop, right? Like the skills are learnable. You know, folks come in with resumes that you're kind of like, I don't know if they can really make this go. Uh, and then when they're done, they're they're in doing delivery projects and, and getting stuff done. So uh, that that was a way I thought to, to provide that as an example. Uh, and, and I also spent a lot of cycles um, you know, just in hand in hand in the individual deals, you know, Danny, you said it exactly right where where the crisis is what drives those sort of opportunity moments. I, I saw all these little spots where it's like, you know, I could be in the chat and say what I want to have happen. Or I could like back up one and go behind the manager and whisper, this is the spot where you do this part, I promise. And we would have kind of a back afterwards conversation. That little bit of mentoring, one is like me one on one to them. But, but then right after you're all done with that, wasn't that nice? You should do it with your underlings too, right? So that they get this kind of view that, that all of us should be backing each other up and mentoring and coaching and helping collaborate on the path to best solution. You know, I think it's, it's um, multifaceted, right? Uh, communication is like at the core of everything that we do and how we connect internally and externally. And improving the, co you know, communication, transparency, and, you know, flexibility in how we touch each other virtually, you know, that human connection coming through uh, in this, in this new norm, that's going to continue for some time. Um, and going back to like, empathy, right, having empathy be at the core of how we, you know, mentor and how we encourage and motivate and build um, confidence and being able to not just provide tools, but really provide that, that support system um, across functional teams, uh, support system to our customers, support system to, you know, the partners we work with who depend on us as well, right? And, and the customers who are like, help me, I have no idea how to work in this new environment or I need new technology or I need change management services because I need my culture internally to align to this new norm. Um, so all of that, you know, we do so well internally, I feel like resonates externally and, and all of the content and communication that we put out has that human feel and, and realness, if you will, uh, that authentic voice coming through. Um, so we don't, we don't really pretend to be somebody we're not. And we, from a management perspective, I think we encourage that authenticity at every level. Hey, and also, yeah, I mean, let's, 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 let's be clear. Like we try, we have fun too, right? I mean, there's an element okay. of, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and this is, it's, it's important, right? I mean, it's like the, it's like the, the flight attendant when they're going through choppy weather, if they're going and freaking out while they're going through choppy weather, everyone is going to be freaking out on the plane, right? So, uh, you know, we've gone through some weird things as a, as a team, but you know what I love? I love that even before starting this thing, we were joking around and harassing each other, which hopefully none of that gets recorded and published on your cloud and clear, but every single meeting will, that we it have, be. it will be. Uh, no, I hope not. But like all the other meetings that we participate in, 
Um, I, I like that there's a degree of humor, fun, joking. Uh, and even when we get into fights and we kind of get into arguments and, you know, we, we rigorously debate, there's always a degree, Miles and I do it all the time. Um, but, you know, I think there's a, there's a degree of, of, of we're having fun in the process. And if you, if you've ever worked for somebody that's not having fun or is freaking out or has got high anxiety and they're not. They're not able to, you know, stay calm. Like that's a hard thing to operate and thrive in. And I just, across the board, everybody's ability to kind of do that and, and, and put on that kind of positive attitude that is addictive and, and have a little bit of fun in the process is I think made all the difference this year for us. We, uh, we, we don't take, we take our work very seriously. We take our customers very seriously we do not take ourselves that seriously so as my, as my daughter what, what do you mean i'm a concerted professional i work in a very rigid and hierarchical way miles i want to ask you tony is so positive and he gives that off to us so that we're able to do that to others he really is like i can tell, call tony and be like the world is coming to an end no, it's more than just positive. I think being consistent yes. is very important. Just like consistent, you know, a demeanor. It's, it's, it's hard. It takes a lot of uh, uh, practice, but I worked on it over the last several years. Um, Miles, before we get into a more serious topic, uh, we're talking about, you know, uh, fun and all of that. One of the things, one of the reasons I don't worry about Sada's future is that I know that we're always going to be able to recruit now the best talent. And it has a combination of our brand and, and our operations and our delivery teams and our people ops and recruitment and all, all these things together, right? Our CTO. Um, and I try to explain that. I'm like, hey, birds of a fe like, how'd you get all these other people? Why do they want to leave Google and leave Apple and leave? Like, why do they want to, I'm like, I don't know. Engineers are weird. And, um, birds of a feather. That's all I can say because I don't know anything beyond that. So can you explain what it is to create an engineering culture that draws other very, very, very good and successful engineers to leave a great gig and come here? I mean, I think I think there's a couple of different pieces about it, and some some of which are just not done, right? Like we have a huge way to go in laying out how we build software as a team, right? And the way that we coordinate and and share data back and forth with the customers. There's a bunch of complexity there, and the best engineers that I know, they like unsolved problems, right? So th what they see is an environment where they can take all of the great stuff that they have seen and other examples, and then they get to actually build it instead of just having to like play in somebody else's play box. So SADA is a place that really supports those kinds of creators and the people that are pushing forward. If there is anything that is absolutely predictable about working with Tony, it's that you come with a even remotely half-baked but seemingly good idea. It'd be like, yeah, do that. Go do that. Go get that done. So, so I, a lot of our engineers, they're real tired of hearing, no, that does not fit within our Q2 plan. Go away. Like, so this is definitely an environment where, where they are given some, you know, some legs to experiment with. Uh, it is also very true of engineers um, that, you know, for as, you know, sometimes they get a rap of being introverted. Uh, sometimes, you know, maybe the communication skills struggle, things like that, but they tend to be a pretty incredible read of people's intentions, right? It, and, and we have, I think from what I've seen practice and what I've watched during those kinds of crisis moments, really, really positive intentions. Like I absolutely want to make a bunch of engineers filthy rich and I want them to learn a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And I want them to have stories to tell their kids about the crazy implementations that got done, right? I mean, I, I get excited about going to work because I'm going to be able to tell my nephews crazy stuff that got built by my teams here at SADA. That's, that's, that's what gets me up in the morning. The third bit uh, is that, uh, you know, engineers are really good at the details. 
And there's this little detail where Sada is not a rocket ship. It is like a rocket ship launched from a rocket ship. Uh, and, 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 and they're not clueless, right? They go, I think I, th- I, in them bar hills, there be growth. So, uh, you know, I, I, I trust them to evaluate us at least as well as our auditors and our finance teams from a, from a viability standpoint. Yeah, I think all, all those are valid. And, uh, again, I, I, I sort of obsess about maintaining that ability to be differentiated in what we bring to the table for these people that are going to bet their next multiple years and hundreds and thousands of hours on on um, how they spend their their life. So yeah, I mean, how many people have already put how many of our people have already put their stamp? I mean, even just in the last couple of years, like there are parts of SADA that are 10 years old that are that have stood the test of time and are doing incredible that are 20 years old and have stood the test of time and done incredible stuff. But there are things being built like this month. You know, I, I saw a whole walkthrough from Max Funk, who's building Brain Trust, which is incredible. There's all of this work that's being done in the lab to make it so people can collaborate. We're building up a hackathon. Like those, those are firsts. Those are places where we're really going to get to a spot where each of those engineers get to make a really lasting contribution to what SADA is. And I, I, I think, you know, it gets wrapped up as like engineers like naming things. Yeah, engineers like creating things. And this is certainly a place where that can happen. It's so important in our space. We have to continue to be the place where the best engineers want to come and where the, you know, growing engineers want to come and learn. And if, if we're able to combine those two things like we have been so far, it's going to be great because that's the value we want to bring to our customers. That's the culture we want to bring to our customers because we're not trying to take over their stuff. We're trying to enable them to operate like we operate or parts of Google operate. And I think that's there's some magic there. But part of our strength is, of course, and especially the last three years, I think our, our awareness and activation around diversity, equity, and inclusion. This year, one of the reasons that, you know, the 20th year anniversary, nobody's in a party mood is because, I mean, the, the blatant um, exposure, I think, of the, the injustice that still exists in our country, um, especially when it comes to the Black community, but it's not exclusive to the Black community. I think this year has really changed um, both the permission level and the expectations of what people are able to and allowed to talk about in our position, in our position being privileged and, you know, generally Caucasian. (laughs) All right. So I've, I've, you know, there's a bunch of things I've done that we've done, but you know, I'd love to hear, you know, especially from the Caucasian men, um, but really from everyone on this panel, like, how do you, how do you see your role? What role do you play as a executive in a, an amazing fast growth company in tech um, that is now called upon to champion and drive um, all the issues facing our country around diversity, equity, inclusion. You know, um, being very transparent about that question is even scary to to think about how to respond. And and I and I say that largely because having been in this industry, been in leadership positions for a long, long time. Um, I can tell you hand over heart that those kinds of conversations were admittedly uncomfortable coming from a Caucasian man for fear that um, we might say the wrong things, we might ask the wrong questions, we might um, uh, choose to avoid it versus dig into it for fear of not uh, ruffling or, or or whatnot. I think what over the last couple of years is we've taken kind of a more proactive role in in trying to drive meaningful change. I think what we've realized, I've personally realized that we need to be leaning in and and be feeling comfortable with having conversations about race, inclusiveness, diversity. 
we and and you can do that as a uh caucasian man you can ask questions about what it's like to be a african-american woman in the technology business and the challenges that you've faced and where you've come from and the diversity the 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 the, the things that you've uniquely had to go, go through. And why wouldn't we want to ask those questions? We need to ask those questions so that we get enlightened as to not only their personal story, but also what's shaped them and what's made them strong and where they have looked at the world differently. And I'll tell you that this year in particular, which, you know, we've had a lot of really great sessions, Tony, that you've hosted where we've tried to really talk about things that otherwise maybe we wouldn't have talked about. Um, it's been somewhat liberating for me uh, to know that those are the kinds of conversations that um, are actually going to help society move forward and a company like SADA move forward because we're unafraid to want to actually acknowledge this as a uh, a very important and prominent thing here and, and everywhere else. So I feel more empowered to be able to have those conversations. Ladies first. <laughs> um, well, for me, um, recruitment obviously um, is a key. Uh, and what I mean by that is by partnering with people like Recruit Her to remove bias from our job descriptions. Um, we want to partner with the right organizations, go to the right conferences to be able to recruit a diverse workforce. You know, we, this year we partnered with um, National Society of Black Engineers. And I think three or four of our current SADA U university students are from um, that conference that we attended. But more importantly, I don't want us to hire folks just to, you know, check off boxes on numbers, but we want to ensure that they it, we are also inclusive. Um, as I said a few, I think, minutes ago, diversity is our advantage. It, it is, it makes us Actively, uh, more advantageous. We are we're more innovative. We're more creative, and that's what I want for Sada. So it's it's a no brainer that that's again we're gonna we've been doing it. When we're gonna continue to go ahead and do that. And again, we're also we'll do a lot more training and development around it too. But I, I again, I'm excited about what we've done, and I'm even more excited about what we're going to be doing. Um, from the marketing side, diversity is obviously extremely important because um, it really contributes to bringing different perspectives to a creative campaign or, or uh, a creative go-to-market plan when you have that kind of diverse representation um, across the board. And I, I'm thrilled to have a very diverse team, certainly an opinionated team, uh, but I think that 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 is what you know helps drive a lot of the creative campaigns we've we've brought out this year and previous years. Um, but you have to kind of take a step back uh, as a leader and and individual and say, what are my biases that I may not be of? Right. Uh, so that unconscious bias is a real thing, and if you don't take a minute, you know, to really recognize what you're saying, how you're saying it, who you're saying it to, and how that could be perceived, then you're really doing yourself an injustice, right? You're not allowing yourself to grow. And then in that process, you're not allowing your team to grow because all they'll do is they'll hold back, right? Their opinions, they'll hold back uh, their, their, their pain, maybe, right? Uh, so you're not allowing that open, honest, transparent conversation to happen if you're not addressing your own biases first. And People Ops has done great in providing us a lot of these training tools and you know platforms yeah. and and mentor programs. Um, and uh, I think that certainly has helped a lot of our mid managers improve their skill sets and you know open their eyes. Uh, even on a diverse team, yeah. you may not realize you know what you're saying could hurt someone else. 
right? Yeah. Um, the training has been really good, really good. Like the LinkedIn stuff. Training has been oh, exceptional, so really. Uh, I, I know we're going to continue a lot of that. There's always new people being onboarded, so it's important for all of them to be trained in that process too. And, um, you know, I think providing that supportive, uh, inclusive um, culture is one thing, but also providing an opportunity where everyone's a, you know, an ally, right? You have to be an ally for others. You can't just depend on people to speak up when they are hurt. If you hear something like you need to speak up on their behalf and that's where the support comes from. That's where, you know, people will feel comfortable and make a change. And so I think we all just need to learn to be better allies. Well put. I, I, I think Noreen is exactly on the right tip where, you know, it's one of my favorite parts of uh, the founding documents where they describe that we're all trying to seek after a more perfect union, uh, right? And not not that we have one, but that it's got to get more that way over time and that it's, a, that it's the noblest of pursuits. And I think technicians have been aware of this kind of challenge and risk and friction uh, because we have it in a whole other context, like how many Java guys make fun of the Python girls, make fun of the AIX people because they have old crappy tech, right? Like, and uh, you know, like, oh no, you can't, you can't build on AWS. That's super crappy. Like, you know, th there's, <laughs> there, there is a problem of, you know, technology diversity too, that we all sort of show, but the, that, um, that world, I, I think has started to recognize this, this language, this, uh, this attitude and perspective where, you know, the diversity of, of all of our participants are a superpower. We need to be able to apply to our problems. I need all of the gifts and talents from a huge range of backgrounds and experiences to have any shot at some of the hard stuff we're off trying to tackle. And, uh, and there is no way for me to instantaneously short circuit our capacity than for me to just ignore the capabilities of one of our incredible people. That's just not going to fly. So, uh, you know, we're, we run this thing too close to the wire. I, I need everybody's super stuff. So, uh, so I have to, I have to have everybody work, uh, seeking that more perfect union. Yeah. Creating an environment that's first and foremost safe and welcoming and inclusive is just so important. You want Tsada to be a place for everyone. Right. Not only because it's the right thing to do, because it's a massive strategic advantage. Like, it's, of course, we're going to be better if everyone is welcome here. Like we can't, you know, uh, uh, be unattractive to any segment of the population that just cuts down the, the, the pool. Right. And the other side is being proactive around creating uh, equality of opportunity. We can't guarantee equality of outcomes. No one can. We can certainly try our best to create uh, equality in opportunity. We've all come from various diverse backgrounds and upbringings and you know, immigrants and so on, first generation, second generation. Uh, we've experienced all those things, but we still now find ourselves in a position of power and privilege where we can create something fantastic, like a huge trajectory change in not only someone's uh, family in that generation, but literally for every other generation to come and to be in a position to do that is fantastic. And um, I, I don't know, you, you, you worked uh, at AWS Miles. I'm sure they ten, ten, uh, reinvent events 10 years ago were quite monochromatic and um, uh, male. Uh, and I think we, we yes. haven't been great at this thing. I, I, I presented 11... Uh, 11% of the material at the first reInvent. So I was, it was at least 11% red bearded weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I knew a bunch of the other architects and, and they look startling, like Thor is out there walking around. He looks exactly like, use the other, another two or 3%. There's, there's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a monochrome for sure. Yeah, we've gotten better and we continue to get better. And I think it's just really important to be um, so aligned. I think a lot of this influences, of course, are, are very tight alignment with Google's own culture and philosophy. And they're not perfect and we're not perfect, but we're pursuing perfection all the time. And I think that's the, uh, uh, the highest, uh, you know, highest duty. And I really appreciate how that's front and center and how we think and how we speak and how we show up because it, it, it was a blind spot for me a few years ago. And I think 
um, you know, everything kind of resonates from the top. So I think making it a priority uh, top down has, has created a significant impact on how we all think and operate. Um, and I think on that note, uh, last parting remarks from each of you about what you're most looking forward to in 2021. Don't laugh. I want to approve a vacation request for travel. Oh boy. Yeah, that would be a good indication. Guys, definitely that'll that'll be fun. Um from from my side, I'm I'm really looking forward to having that, you know, face-to-face -face human connection happen again. Um you know, I think virtual events have been have been great, and we've certainly pivoted. Uh, we've created some vir great virtual experiences. Um, I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, our DNA is still very human to human kind of face to face uh, dynamic. And you know, we were huggers, right? We were huggers. Like we were, we were, we were like every opportunity to hug everybody. We can't, we can't hug anymore, you know. Um, so I, I think you know, going back to an environment where we have that face-to-face uh, -face human commit connection happen again, I, I think everyone misses it, uh, and and hopefully, you know, maybe end of next year we can still. <laughs> And try to try to make that happen. We'll I, I don't know how many times I've typed hugs this year, which is which is just uh, crap. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is a you. poor <laughs> facsimile for the real thing. Just insufficient tr translation function. <laughs> uh, uh, you know where I, I I come from a long line of of family members who transmit love by way of calories, uh, and and I realized in like November. <laughs> that it was literally the first time that I had bought another Saudian food that year. And, and I was like, yeah. something has gone terribly wrong. Like, <laughs> so I, I'm looking forward to breaking some bread. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, I want to hug all you guys right now. That's, that's how <laughs> much I love you. Uh, I, 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 uh, I want that. I, I want us to get back watching sports live. You know, we, we, we have a, a customer that uh, is local here, you know, at, we were able to go look at the stadium. I was just looking at, man, how great would it be to have an event there and oh have the crowd filled yeah. and, you know, break some bread and cheer and celebrate and, and do some fun things. You know, we've been known at SADA over the years for throwing some really great parties, like really right. great parties. And I got to tell you, man, like when it's ready and when we're, we can safely, we're going to throw the biggest, baddest party <laughs> on the planet. And I can't <laughs> wait for that day. Can't wait for that day. That's what well said. Well said. Well, I'll, 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 I'll put mine out too. I, I, all those things, of course, related to us getting back to a sense of you know, health, safety, and security, and the control of the pandemic. Absolutely. Uh, I also look forward to just the momentum we're having with customers. All the stories we're going to be able to tell, all the impact we're going to be able to have. I really don't believe this uh, urgency around digital transformation is a temporary thing. That's you know, a relic of 2020. I think 2021 it'll be uh, even more pronounced, and I can't wait to do the work and tell those stories. And, you know, I feel like we have so many of the great pieces in place now. So many of the investments we've made this year haven't even fully started to operationalize yet. All the people Miles has brought on and, and, and Dana has hired and Noreen has structured and Orkita's put into place and Patrick and Joe and everybody else and Phil, those things are, haven't even, we haven't even felt the impact of those things yet. And so I can't wait to, to see how much better of an organization SADA is going to be. And um, and knock on wood, maybe we'll win a big partner of the year award too. And I can't not think about it. Sorry. It is what it is. Thank you so much for being our guest. Uh, enjoy this very last podcast of uh, 2020. It's a challenging year. We're all living gratitude and looking forward to 
a better 2021 for everyone. So thanks everybody for joining us on Cloud and Clear. Thank you. Happy holidays. holidays. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.